I, I understand that many of you haven't seen each other in person as well, so it's understandable everyone is so excited to and I'm extremely encouraged um, to see so many brothers and sisters here in person. As you know, in, in Manhattan, I think there are only about a dozen or so that are meeting in person, and, and it is not quite the same as, as this here. So I'm very, my heart is very excited to be with you. <laughs> 我们在曼哈顿的话，聚会呃现场的只有大概十多位弟兄姐妹，所以跟这里的状况是很不一样，所以我心里面也非常的兴奋。And I was so encouraged by our brother Ezra's call to worship this morning.啊，我自己是被今天Ezra弟兄早晨啊，他他呼呃就是呼召的弟兄姐妹能够一同来敬拜。I'm not even sure how to follow up such a call to worship.啊，我不知道要如何能够接续这样子的一个呼召。you know, indeed, like the cicadas that have been hibernating for 17 years and, and now have arisen to, to sing their songs. We're coming up on almost 17 months of pandemic, and now we ought to arise and come out of dormancy to sing our songs of praise. Um, the last time I was with brothers and sisters a few months back, I had us consider the Lord's prophetic words in Luke chapter 21. And I posed this question, um, during this pandemic, where have our eyes been focused? Uh, I, I encourage brothers and sisters and, and myself that we ought to be lifting our eyes upward during these days. 我就鼓励大家在这段时间，我们应当仰转眼仰望啊，我们的主。So what has our spiritual posture been? 所以这段时间我们的灵里头的呃光景是如何呢？Are we looking up and lifting up our heads, as it says in Luke chapter 21, because our redemption draws near? 呃，我们是不是像路加福音二十一章讲的，因为我们的救恩临近，我们就呃能够。Hopefully we're encouraged by the words of our sister Helen Lemel that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. May our sister's wonderful lyrics remind us and encourage us in these days we're living through. Um, today I want to share about hearing God's word during this pandemic. Last time I reminded us where our eyes should be focused. Today I want us to consider where to focus our ears. You know, we ought to hear the Lord's word to us constantly, but there are important aspects of hearing his word particularly during times of tribulation and distress. And it's, and it's often these times where it's most difficult to hear the word of God. Um, I'd like us to revisit Luke 21 for a few words. In Luke 21, chapter, uh, in Luke 21, verses 29 through 33, uh, it says, 
And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they put forth leaves, you see for yourselves and know that summer is now near. So you too, when you see these things happening, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass until all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. 耶稣又设比喻对他们说,你们看无花果树和各样的树,它发芽的时候,你们一看见,自然晓得夏天近了。这样,你们看见这些事渐渐的成就,也该晓得神的国近了。我实在告诉你们,这世代还没有过去,这
had to learn to hear the voice of the Lord. Recall the story of how there was a lot of noise produced by a strong wind and the earthquake and the fire, but the Lord was not in these things. Elijah had to learn to hear the still small voice of the Lord in the midst of a lot of noise. So what has the Lord been saying to you during this past year? And if we have been hearing him during this pandemic, are we heeding his words? And so this morning I wanted to share with you um, four aspects of God's word during times of tribulation. There are probably many aspects, but um, the Spirit has been prompting me in regards to the four things. The first is during times of tribulation, like we've been experiencing with this pandemic, there will be a discovery or a rediscovery of God's word. We know that during the darkest parts of the history of Israel, when the kings ruled in Israel and Judah, the Lord would occasionally send some reprieve. No, most of the kings were wicked, and there were lots, during the period of the kings, there was a lot of darkness and wickedness, but there would be periods of light and righteousness and recovery. And these periods would be characterized by the appearance or reappearance of God's word. Uh, one of these examples was during the reign of Josiah. And the story is found in 2 Kings chapter 22 and 23. And we won't read through all these verses, but we know that Josiah became king when he was very young. He was only eight years old. But it tells us that he walked in in a manner similar to his father David. And he had a heart after the Lord. And he had a heart to rebuild or restore God's house. And we know in these latter days, like our brothers have been encouraging, it is a time to regather and rebuild after a time of dispersal. And so as Josiah sent his scribe into the temple or the house of the Lord to begin to make repairs, he discovered something. You can find this story in 2 Kings 22. He, he sends a scribe into the temple to consult with the high priest, and together they discover the law, the, the words of God. It, they discovered the, the word of God. It's, it's pretty remarkable, right, that these that the scribe and the high priest um, had lost sight of God's word. 
that shows how dark a time they were living in. That these servants of God did not know God's word. But when they read the words, they were stunned and they, they brought these words to Josiah. Josiah had sent them to repair and rebuild God's house. And with this desire, God's word was rediscovered. And then when they brought God's word to Josiah and said, Look what we found, um, Josiah tore his clothes. He tore his clothes in repentance because of the sins that the nation had committed. He realized he had gone against God's law and God's word. And at this time, Josiah was a young man, only in his probably 20s. But he had a heart after the Lord. And together, they then went to consult um, Huldah, the prophetess. Uh and Holda the prophetess um gave them guidance during this time concerning God's word. And then we see in chapter twenty-three how Josiah after rediscovering God's word, now brings this word to the people. And this led to a real repentance. Where they began to change their ways, they destroyed the idols, they removed all the defilement throughout the land. I mean, if you read for 20 verses on after the first few in chapter 23, you, you see all the wickedness that um, these, pe these people have done, some really bad things. I mean, they, they sacrificed their children in the fire. They, they committed all forms of adultery and perversion. They worshipped the sun. They built shrines. Anything you can think of, they, they did. For 20 verses, it speaks of how Josiah had to get rid of all forms of evil and wickedness throughout the land that had been established for many generations already. So this is what the rediscovery of God's word will do in a dark time. This discovery or rediscovery of God's word has a power to it. It will bring about light and righteousness and holiness. And this rediscovery of God's word will also bring about restoration. We are coming into a time of restoration now, I believe. Like our brother reminded us, after this period of dormancy, the Lord is now re-establishing His house. Like the repairs that were made on the temple, the Lord is now repairing and rebuilding His house. 
And it begins with the rediscovery of God's word. If you haven't been reading the word of the Lord regularly during this past year, are you rediscovering it? Is the Spirit speaking to you anew, even during a time of pandemic? Even in the midst of tribulation and isolation? This recovery of God's word during a time of tribulation and distress often reveals his power. Do we, do we believe that God's word has power? Is, is this merely a, a book with letters on pages to us? Or do we believe that the power of God resides in these words? This is God's voice. This is how He speaks to us. It's the same voice that caused creation to come into existence. It's the same voice that rebuked Satan during Christ's temptation. The same powerful voice that calmed the sea and the storm. The same voice that cast out a legion of demons from the possessed man. And it's the same voice that can speak to our hearts today and bring peace and joy to a soul that is weary and troubled. If we haven't been reading God's word during this period of trial and tribulation and testing of our faith, May the Lord spur us anew to rediscover His Word. May He place that small, it only takes a, a small spark or a desire um, for us to open His Word up daily. And then, you know, He's going to bring about restoration in our lives. Uh, 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 so, so along these lines, the, the second aspect of God's word during tribulation is that the word of the Lord is a necessity. Um, we know that there was another period in the nation of in the history of the nation of Israel where the house of the Lord needed repair. And that was when the remnant returned from captivity. During that time of rebuilding, we know that Ezra and Nehemiah um, turned to the Lord and were very keen to hear the voice of the Lord. Particularly Nehemiah, he speaks of how the word of the Lord impacted them during that rebuilding time. It was such a necessity to them, such a necessity in encouraging them as they built with one hand, held a weapon in another hand. We know that David was someone who often inquired of the word of the Lord. 
He sought the word of the Lord, which made him a man after God's own heart. And when he failed to inquire of the Lord, we know that he fell into a dark place, for he didn't even recognize his own sin. He didn't recognize his own sin, and the prophet Nathan had to point it out to him. In my personal walk with the Lord, there have been many ups and downs, as, as I think brothers and sisters have experienced as well. And I found that these ups and downs almost always correlate with the amount and productivity of my Bible reading. I don't know if you've had a similar experience. Um, you know, when we're running away from the Lord or if we're hiding in darkness, we have no interest in His Word. You know, even though the Spirit is constantly nudging us, um, when we're when we're in darkness, the word of the Lord doesn't mean much to us. And as good Christians, we may even um, go through the motions of, of reading God's word. And perhaps it's out of habit or some form of self-imposed religious obligation, but there's very little life. I don't know if you've had that experience. I certainly have in my walk with the Lord. There, there have been some of these valleys in my life. But then there are also times when we are in such sweet fellowship with Him. And in these times, His Word has so much attraction to us. And we consume His Word like a thirsty person consumes water. His, his word becomes such a necessity in our daily living. So I pray that the Lord would give us this spiritual thirst in these last days. Just as we crave water when we are thirsty, may we recognize the word of the Lord is a necessity during this time of tribulation and pandemic. When Simon Peter spoke those words I read earlier, you can sense there was a, a bit of desperation in his voice. Our Lord Jesus spoke some hard words, and many of the disciples, many of the followers, left him. And so our Lord turns his twelve and says, You guys want to go too? We sense the desperation in Simon Peter's voice when he cries, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, the Spirit is quite um, marvelous in His workings. As, as I was meditating upon this theme of hearing the Word of God, I, I came across Psalm 119. In my personal devotion time, I was reading through Psalm 
119, and, and for the first time it, it became a revelation to me. You know, I've probably read it dozens of times in my life, but Psalm 119 never spoke to me like it did recently. I mean, since I was in Sunday school, I knew that Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. And I know that Psalm 119 takes you through the Hebrew alphabet. But does anyone know what the overall theme is of Psalm 119? If I were to sum it up in two words, it would be thy word. Thy word. Now I'm gonna th- this next phrase is gonna give my brother some trouble, but you know the the phrase thy word, thy law, thy commandments, thy precepts, thy judgments, thy statutes, thy testimony, or thy decrees are found in nearly every single verse of Psalm 119. That's great. (laughs) You know, we we don't know who wrote Psalm 119. Tradition tells us it may have been David, but here you find a person that is so consumed with God's word. Thy word becomes his very life. You can sense in every single verse of Psalm 119 that the Word of God is more important to this author than than food or drink, even more than oxygen. Is it true for us today? Is the Lord Jesus, the, the Word of God, made flesh? Our bread of life, um, is he the same way towards us in these days we're living through? Now I have listed all these examples um, of how the word of God is used in all aspects of his life, but I, I don't think we'll have the time to go through this. I'd encourage you to revisit it if you haven't read Psalm 119 in a while. But for the writer of this psalm, he uses the word of God for his personal devotion. He uses it for instruction and correction. Now, this this is for himself and for others. He uses the word of God for praise and for encouragement. He uses it for rejoicing and delighting in the Lord. He uses the word of God in times of sadness and distress. And also for deliverance and for comfort. The writer of Psalm 119, in every aspect of his life, in every season of his life, he uses God's word. The word of the Lord is everything to this person. So what does the word of the Lord mean to you and me? How important is it in our daily lives? Especially in these last days when we are experiencing the judgment of the Lord. 
We read in Hebrews that his word is the sword of the spirit that is active and alive and can divide between soul and spirit, joints from marrow. Like I mentioned, this power of the Lord can bring about light in a place of darkness. And I think many of us have experienced periods of darkness in the past year. And do we look to the Lord's words when we need guidance? Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You know, in times of darkness, even a little bit of light can illuminate the path. For those of you who have gone camping before, you, you know this is true. It can be pitch black, but then if you have even a small flashlight, you can lighten the path. When we are in darkness, we become blind. This applies both physically and spiritually. In these days of darkness and judgment that we are living through, what is our source of light? It is God's word, and this has to become a necessity in our lives. The third aspect of God's word during uh, a time of tribulation. The, the third aspect is that the word of the Lord will strengthen and encourage. Now, there, there, are two new, there are too many examples in the Bible and throughout church history to highlight such a point. You know, from Abraham to Moses to Samuel to David to the prophets to the apostles, they were all encouraged and strengthened by God's word during a time of tribulation. Almost every child of God will experience some time of distress and tribulation. And, and what many may be able to testify is how the word of the Lord comes in such a miraculous form and brings about encouragement and comfort and salvation. Since there are too numerous of examples throughout the Bible and church history, I'll, I'll share an example from my own life. The last year in March, when the whole country and the whole world began to shut down, um, this, of course, this was, I don't want to belittle the fact that this was a devastating time for, for everyone, but, but in particular for my research and my work, this was a really devastating time. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a research scientist and um, we generate a lot of research tools to, to study the immune system and infectious disease. 
我是一个做研究的科学家我需要很多一些资料来研究这个免疫系统的事 and we in in my laboratory we use um lab mice to do our research. And we have generated many of these um interest well we'll just say interesting strains of mice to do our research. And at the time when our institute came to a complete halt we had to destroy many of these these uh, strains of mice that we had spent years or decades generating. Now, it might not seem as meaningful to, to this audience, but for me, it was very devastating. You know, it didn't just impact me, but, you know, I have a lot of graduate students and postdocs working under me, and their, their careers, all of our careers, we felt like could be in jeopardy. So at that time, it felt like everything was tumbling down. And I'm not going to compare my scenario to, to the many examples in the Bible where there were physical, like, you know, there were enemies or armies or spiritual attacks. But there was a lot of doubt and uncertainty that came over me and many of my colleagues during that time. And this was back in last March. And during that time of uncertainty, um, the Lord encouraged me with a word. In my Bible reading, I was given an encouraging story, and it was one that I had known since, since I was a child. And to encourage some of you youngsters in the audience, since you guys can't go upstairs to your classes. Some of these Bible stories that you hear of and learn as, as children, you know, they might not mean that much to you, but if you remember them, at some point in your life later on, they will come back as an encouragement. And, and at that time in my Bible reading, I came across this story in 2 Kings chapter 6. And I think... Even the kids know this story. The king of Syria is going to war against the Israelites with a powerful army of horses and chariots. And the Syrian army surrounds the city of Dothan, where Elisha and his attendant were residing. Yeah, and, and in, so this is in 2 Kings 6. In verse 14, it, it talks about how they came and surrounded the city at night. And this attendant of Elisha is in distress and says, Master, what are we going to do? Uh, and then in verse 16, it reads, And he, Elisha, said, Fear not, for they that are with us are more than that they that are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Jehovah, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And Jehovah opened the eyes of the young man, 
and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. Even you kids in the audience, you guys know this story, right? This young man could only see the physical. But Elisha could see the spiritual. We often become distraught like this young man when we're faced with difficulties. He only saw this great host that was the Syrian army that surrounded their city. But when he finally saw what Elisha saw, and when his spiritual eyes were opened, then he saw an even greater host that surrounded the Syrian army. He saw that there was an army of the Lord that consisted of horses and chariots of fire. Now, this is a small example, but this story really encouraged me during a time when I experienced the attack of the enemy. Last spring, like many of you, I'm sure, the enemy sowed in my heart these seeds of doubt and uncertainty and even despair. As I was concerned about, you know, my career and my research and, and everything like that, I became discouraged, like this young man who cried out to Elisha, what are we going to do? There are so many people in my workplace that cried out similarly, what are we going to do? And it was at this time that the Spirit showed me this story and pointed out the unseen ways that the Lord surrounds us and protects us from the enemy. And not only that, He brings about victory out of that despair. And we just need to have eyes of faith to see, like this young man eventually saw. Um, the fourth aspect of hearing God's word during a pandemic. And this this was one that the the Spirit showed me that I did not expect. The fourth aspect is that the word of the Lord will test you. Particularly in times of difficulty, the word of the Lord will test you. And, and I'll share what, what I think this means. If we know God's word, but they haven't come to fruition yet in our lives, those words may test you. Especially if we're living through hardship and difficulty and challenges, just like the times we're living in now. And I want to give you Joseph as an example of this. We know, particularly in Genesis 39, we see that he's a servant in Potiphar's household. And because of righteousness' sake, he was thrown in prison. He was found in the lowest place. 
Here was this young man, a captive, a slave, and now wrongfully accused by Potiphar's wife. There's nothing more demoralizing than being falsely accused and then having to pay a severe punishment. I can't imagine a more distressful situation. We may feel like this past year has been difficult, but imagine what Joseph felt in Genesis 39. And we know Joseph's story, right? How he was betrayed by his brothers and sold as a slave into Egypt. And now here we see he's tossed into prison. It seemed like whenever he experienced something good, he was immediately smacked down. Remember, he received that coat of many colors from Joseph, from his father Jacob, and then that incurred his brother's wrath. And as soon as he was promoted in Potiphar's household, he was wrongfully accused and imprisoned. And remember when he found favor with the prison keeper and translated the dreams of Pharaoh's butler and baker, then he became forgotten. You know, in the account we read in Genesis, we don't, we see the story, but we don't experience the agony that Joseph experienced. Now we can imagine, but um, there's no description of how Joseph actually felt. But then, as we read in Psalm 105, um, through the Spirit, David writes of Joseph's agony. Now, the, the Darby version really, the Darby translation really highlights the affliction he suffered. It speaks of how his soul came into irons. That's how, how bound he was. He was, he was afflicted outwardly, but this affliction went much deeper. He was imprisoned outwardly, but his soul, his inner being, was bound by irons. Have we felt similar affliction today in the times of bondage we're living in? As believers in our stress and anxiety, where are we turning? Do we read the news and, and become even more distraught? Or are we turning to God's word and desperately clinging to his word? You know, it says here in Psalm 105, Joseph knew the word of the Lord and this word tested him. This word tried him. The Lord gave him a vision and a promise in Joseph's youth. And although those dreams that he dreamed didn't come to fruition until much later in his life, he never let go of the Lord's promise. Uh, 
Psalm 105:19. until the time when what he said came about, the word of Jehovah tried him. 诗篇105篇19节, the word of the Lord tried Joseph, it tested him. Particularly in this troubling time. Joseph would promise that he he was promised that he would rule over his family, but imagine the doubt over those years as his position began to sink lower and lower and lower. Can you imagine the testing that Joseph went through during those many years of trials? David writes, the word of Jehovah tried him. Now David was also someone who knew the testing of the word of Jehovah in his life. And the words of the Lord will test you and I, especially during times of distress. Perhaps the Lord has given you a word of encouragement during this pandemic. But you haven't experienced that deliverance yet. Are we going to endure holding fast to the promises that the Lord has given us? Even when the reality of those words haven't been brought about yet. And so this fourth point involves the testing of our faith. Even in, even when doubt and anxiety and even depression creep into our lives, as it, as I'm sure it did for Joseph, you know, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna persevere? The word of Jehovah will test us just as it did Joseph. But the result of that period of testing will be fruit for the kingdom. You know, today we are being refined, and this is the work of the cross in our lives. May we be willing to allow the Lord to uh, refine His work in our lives. It'd be better for us to allow him to do that work in us today than than to face the the music when that day comes. We'd rather experience that refining work in our lives than in that final day of judgment. As I shared with you guys last time, this I believe that this past year has been a time of judgment. It's been a time of shaking and testing. But I think it's actually Believe it or not, this is just the beginning. This is the birth pains. There's going to be a reckoning one day that will really test our works. I think I shared with you this warning of John the Baptist last time, where his winnowing fork is in his hand. He will thoroughly purge his threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. What does our life consist of? Is it wheat or the fruit of the Spirit? 
or is it chaff that's going to burn up in an instant? Um, in conclusion, I just want to share with one other share with you one other thing that um that the Lord convicted me of recently. The Lord was challenging me with this these parables of the, the wise steward and the foolish ones that, that hid their talent in the ground. And we know that the, the wise servants were commended, whereas the foolish ones were rebuked by the master. And I wondered when the master returns, what will be my fate? And then the Lord, through the Spirit, gave me kind of a terrifying reminder. You know, I believe that Belshazzar in the book of Daniel, chapter 5, is a is both a good and a terrifying warning for us. Especially to us who are facing days of shaking and judgment. Belshazzar was someone who knew his father Nebuchadnezzar was tested and humbled by God. Belshazzar should have known and heeded God's word. Yet he squandered the time and the opportunity given to him, and he was found lacking. And then we know God's judgment came. Remember, there are these words, mene, mene, tekel, a parson. And we know that these were written by the finger of God. And according to Daniel's translation, uh, Mene spoke of how Belshazzar's days were numbered. They were numbered and had now come to an end. So the Spirit asked me, am I carefully numbering my days? Takel spoke of how Belshazzar was weighed in the balances and was found wanting. When we stand before our Lord in judgment, will we be found lacking when the Lord places our lives upon the balances? And then a parson speaks of how Belshazzar lost his kingdom and his very life that same night. This was a really terrifying reminder to me very recently. And I apologize for ending on such a depressing note. <laughs> and I'm still inquiring why the Spirit placed this story in my heart as I was considering this topic. But we do know that the judgment of the Lord is nearer today than it was last week, last month, last year, certainly before the pandemic. And 
I think the Lord wanted to instill in me a healthy fear of him and his word that Belshazzar clearly neglected. So what have we been doing during these days of pandemic? Have we been walking with him? Have we been faithful in his word? May if if we if we have that that is fantastic. But if we haven't, may we repent of our sins. May we ask the Lord for a heart of wisdom and a, a year to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You know, if we haven't, may the Lord restore unto us the years that the locusts have eaten. May He give us this healthy fear of the Lord. Because the Lord is speaking to us today, we need to hear His voice. He's looking for a testimony in these last days. May we hear what the Spirit is speaking to us, both individually and corporately. So that we learn the lessons that he wants us to learn during these critical times. Anyways, these are some thoughts that the Spirit has impressed upon my heart in this past week, and hopefully they're of encouragement to brothers and sisters and not too discouraging. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, we're so grateful that you are a God who speaks. Even in these days of tribulation, you are encouraging us through your word. And when your word does come and test us, we know that it is for your kingdom's sake. And it is um, for your glory and for your righteousness that we go through what we experience. So Lord, I pray that in these days we're living through, we keep close tabs on what you are saying to us through your word. And if we have been neglecting your word, I pray that we might rediscover it in our lives. Lord, we know that you are building your house, and I pray that we would be willing and compliant building blocks. I pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>